Hello and welcome once again to David M. Green and other famous people. I am David M. Green. Today's other famous person is actor, comedian, and one-third of the hosts of Spicks and Specs, Alan Bro, uh, who I interviewed back on Radio Adelaide 101.5 FM on the 17th of May 2007. Uh, it wasn't actually my show that I interviewed him on. I, um, I sent him an email maybe seven months earlier when I was doing a show called The Green Room, um, but uh, by the time he got back from his summer break and we arranged it and stuff, I wasn't doing that show anymore. Um, so I passed it on over to my good friend, Michael Princey, uh, who was doing a show called Killing Time. So we interviewed him together. And we um, we were pretty excited to be there. I should point out that I just had a quick listen to this uh, before recording the intro. So um, I've been reminded of the fact that we're basically a couple of giggling schoolgirls in this interview. There's also some stuff that I'd completely forgotten about. So have a listen for yourself. Here's me, Michael Princey, and Alan Bro. We'll start at the beginning there, uh, Alan. How did you get started in comedy? How did I get started in comedy? Well, my father was an actor. So basically, I've, I've been an actor for a long time, since I was about five. Oh, okay. Um, and so my father was an actor. And so, yeah, I was on the stage from a very early age because I was quite an unruly child. So the easiest thing, and they couldn't find babysitters because <laughs> my brother and I pretty much broke them. Um, and so uh, we would go to the theatre with mum and dad and... It was just, it was easier to have us on stage than sitting in the seats in the auditorium while they were rehearsing. Because at least then if you scream when you're on stage, people think it's part of the show. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, comedy, it's one of those things where I just started being in things and I discovered fairly early on that I had the ability to make people laugh, um, which, is, which is great. And it's, it's much more addictive in a lot of ways than having the ability to make people think because you're not quite sure whether they're thinking, but you are sure when they're laughing. Uh, well, your Wikipedia page described you as an actor and a comedian, uh, as well as a human being from the planet Earth, although that wasn't referenced. Uh, what, what kind of actor and what kind of comedian do you consider yourself to be? <laughs> um, thank you for... I, I was unaware I had a Wikipedia page, <laughs> so, um, so that's quite exciting, I reckon. Um, what sort of comedian do I think that I am? Look, it depends on what day you get me on. Some days I think I'm a pretty shitty comedian. Um, <laughs> and other days I think I'm passable. Um, what are you today? Um, well, I haven't done anything today. The only thing I've done is go to the supermarket, so there was no comedy required, so <laughs> I've put myself in passable today. Um, I suppose um, as far as what sort of comedian I am, um, <laughs> I would... Yeah, it's a really difficult thing. It's an interesting question because it's not something I really think about, about what I do. The last show that I did, um, the last one-man show, was a thing called Top Town at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, where I played about 20 different characters. Okay. Uh, no costumes, no props, no anything like that. Um, and I suppose the thing that I like about performing is the ability to be other people, the ability to represent other people, and I find people endlessly fascinating. So um, I suppose that my style of comedy is about about the foibles of people and about the stupidities and the the the, the good and the bad of people. Okay, well, fair That's enough. Horribly wanky now. I've seen <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you can't really. It's difficult to avoid with a question like that. <laughs> no, yes, you're exactly right. I would hope overall that I was a funny comedian. 
Okay, fair enough. Well, we're taking things in a much more low-brow direction. Uh, oh, in your, yes, I like it there. <laughs> in your, your profile on the ABC website, it says that for a time you were New Zealand's most famous transvestite due to an appearance on a series of butter commercials in which you played a, a drag queen called Marge. Now, is that true, Alan? Oh, it's completely true. <laughs> and uh, you'd hope it was true, because what sort of person would make that up? <laughs> because there's nothing to be gained from saying that. No, I really was... Um, when I was living in Auckland and uh, struggling to be an actor, I auditioned for a series of commercials and I, I got them and I had to dress up as a woman and be the personification of margarine because basically the butter commercials. And I, I don't know who came up with this idea because, you know, they surely would have been laughed at by most of their colleagues, but someone obviously said, look, we'll make butter look good by making margarine appear to be a giant, horrible-looking transvestite. <laughs> And it paid off. Sold a lot of uh, sold a lot of butter, did it? I, to the best of my knowledge, it did. Um, but it made me a minor celebrity for a time because people really loved the the, the ads. And I um, I was really looked awful. I was in a sort of shorty um, summer dress that felt and looked like it was made from upholstery material because <laughs> it itched just awfully. And um, I was wearing Doc Martin boots. I had a blonde curly wig on, and they allowed me to do my own makeup. Um, <laughs> and it really did look like I'd done my own makeup. <laughs> and I had to do things. I'm one of the few people. In fact, I am the only person that I know that has ever been fitted for a fridge as a costume. Because <laughs> one of the things that happened was I had to appear. One of the ads was a young boy comes down from living in his, 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 at night in his house and he comes down the stairs and he wants to have a midnight snack there's no butter so he decides to use marge well that's going to get him into trouble <laughs> he opens up the fridge and there i am dressed as a lady in a fridge holding a bottle of mar margarine with icicles hanging off me and i had to go and get i went to a factory that made fridges uh, outside uh, auckland and they found the biggest fridge available they took all the racks out and i got into it <laughs> And um, it wasn't uncomfortable. Um, and they closed the door. And unbeknownst to me, while they'd closed the door, because there was about five people standing around looking at the fridge, most of the guys who worked on the factory floor also came and started looking at the fridge, having <laughs> no idea what was going on. And the door opened and out I came. <laughs> and they were all looking quite bewildered by this. And I, for some reason, I don't know what came over me, I said to them, oh, don't worry, next time I'm in it, I'll be dressed as a woman. <laughs> And that didn't in, in, endear me to them as much as I had suspected it would. Well, that's a shame. Yes. Um, so that's the very long way of saying I was one of New Zealand's most popular transvestites for a time. Well, you've done some other ads as well. Uh, I remember you did an ad for Sky City. Oh, like, yeah, the barcode thing. Yeah, that's, yes. that was hilarious. Yeah, we had a great time because a, a friend of mine who directed the ads, he rang me up and he said, look, I want you to be in these ads. And I said, that's great. And he said, we can, we're just going to make them up as we go along. We're going to improvise the whole thing. Oh, wow. And I went, you're joking, aren't you? I went, well, yeah, actually, I think they are joking. That, you know, it's one of the things, someone's come up with that idea, they've thought it's great, and then they're going to sort of renege. But they never did. That, that's incredible. So you actually kept coming up with all the different names for things that could have barcodes and everything just on the spot. Yep. Wow. The orange cordial was the funniest. <laughs> oh, well, actually, I, it's really interesting because I, I genuinely can't remember... Because as soon as we'd done them, the only one I can remember vaguely was the in the confessional. 
Oh, yes, I, I remember that one. Yep. Oh, that's right. I can't remember what I said, but what I, that's the, oh, and there was one where I was talking to a guy over the fence and then he passes out. Yeah, yeah or something like that's, that. the, that's the one I remember. And, um, but I can't remember anything I said because every time it was different. Oh, okay. But we had such a great time because it's just, it's just talking crap for a whole day. <laughs> well, we, we do that every week here on the radio, Alan. That's oh, good. <laughs> I can say there's money to be made. <laughs> <laughs> we hope so. But uh, anyway, you've been described as unpretentious and genuinely likable. Now, would you like to set the record straight about that here on the program today? Um, well, it depends on who you talk to, but I think I'm horribly pretentious. <laughs> um, and, um, oh, look, I suppose, look, people are nice to my face, but it, you never know what people are saying behind your back. Um, that's a very kind thing. Whoever said that, that's a very nice thing to say. Um, I find it very difficult to comment on things like that simply because I'm never sure what sort of person I am. Okay. You know, it's, it is it's when someone says, you know, describe yourself. I mean, I'm tall. That's the only <laughs> thing I can ever come up with that isn't controversial. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm glad someone thinks I'm unpretentious. That's nice because I really genuinely have always thought I'm a very pretentious person who likes Russian books way too much. Well, most people would, uh, of course, know you as one of the team captains from Spicks and Specs. Yep. Which is, we all love that show, it's great. Oh, great, thank you. But I've noticed there's very few questions on Spicks and Specs about Devo. Yeah. Would it, would it be possible, could you put in a good word with the researchers, try to get some more Devo questions? Uh, yeah, we definitely can. And we could also, the good thing is we could get some Mark Mothersbrow questions. Ah, uh, yes. Given his, um, from Devo, given his, you know, his many um, soundtracks that he's done. Like Rugrats. Like Rugrats, like um, all the Wes Anderson films. Ah, oh, yes. Um, so we could look. I'll um, I'll put in a word. It'll have to go through official ABC channels. <laughs> so I wouldn't suspect you'll see an increase in Devo questions until uh, 2010. Fair enough. But once they increase, we will. They'll decide. Oh, we haven't done enough. We'll do a Devo special. Ah, oh, well, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and we'll all wear the. Um, Energy domes. The energy domes, that's right. All right, now, now Alan, we, we all do lo love Specs and Specs. Now, you seem to be having so much fun during the taping of the show. Has anything ever gone seriously wrong that hasn't been able to make it to air? Oh, yeah, look, there's, there's wrongness all the time. <laughs> uh, luckily, we've, we've been blessed by not too many things going wrong. Um, there's a game called Malvern Stars on 45. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, yeah someone pedals a bike. And the bike yeah. actually does power the turntable. Oh, wow. Yep. So that's genuine, uh, because I think we, our budget was up and we weren't allowed more electricity. Um, so we had to find another way of doing it. And one day the bike just refused to work. Oh, really? So we actually had to scotch that entire thing. But no, we've been very lucky. Guests haven't passed out. Um, someone was very nervous once. I can't even remember who it was. And at about two or three minutes in, she said, Alan, I'm going to have to go and be sick. And I just went to Adam. Someone has to go and be sick. And he went, Okay. And we'll have a break while someone goes and begins. <laughs> and she went and was sick and came back and said, oh, much better now. But no, apart from that, everything seems to generally go pretty well. We're very lucky. But there is a, we film for about an hour and we only need 27 minutes. Um, so there's a lot of stuff you'll never, ever see. Some of it because it's just not funny uh, or just amuses us. Uh, and other of it because we, it's sort of a family show and we don't want people to know how wrong we are. Do you have a favourite uh, guest who's been on the show before? Well, I've got to say, um, we had Lloyd Cole on, and uh, Lloyd Cole is one of my heroes. I've been listening to Lloyd Cole's music since I was about 17, since Lloyd Cole and the Commotions released their first record, Rattlesnakes. Oh, OK. And um, he came on. That episode isn't showing yet. We shot that a little while ago. And he was great. 
Um, and I just, you know, just mainly because he was, you know, a personal Jesus of mine. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. But um, I've got to say, and I'm, I'm not just being Pollyanna-ish about this or, you know, because I've been told to say this by the ABC publicity department, but we fairly much haven't had a dud person. Oh, come on, you've had Hamish and Andy on the show. Well, look, I know it's, it's very popular to run Hamish and Andy down. <laughs> And I'd like to say that I was running them down before they were popular. <laughs> I've never liked them. <laughs> I thought, even when they weren't up themselves, I thought I suspected they were. Um, and uh, they're too attractive and tall, and um, ladies like them too much. And they're successful. So really, what is there actually to like about them? But I was one of the first to say to people, I just don't like them. I just don't like them. <laughs> so um, I feel quite proud about that. But um, apart, obviously, with the exception of them, um, no, we, we always have lovely people. And in a way, we just have, because we know what's going to happen with them is that it's going to be over them soon. The supermodels are going to stop going out with them. Their multimedia commitments are going to die down, and eventually they'll just have us. And then we'll stop calling as well. <laughs> and they'll become, they'll live in a cardboard box and shout at people that there never was a moon landing. Live in a fridge. Yeah, exactly. They'll live in a fridge, and I'll be able to give them some hints. <laughs> well, uh, what are your thoughts on how Channel 7, let's be honest, uh, ripped off Spicks and Specs with uh, their short-lived show, You May Be Right? This is no word of a lie. I never saw it. <laughs> nor, nor did anyone else, Alan. No, well, that's the thing. When um, it's, I was away for the first three episodes, and then I wasn't really sure whether there were any more left. Um, I, I don't recall. There. I think there was only... Three or four. Um, look, a, a number of people who I really like were on that show, um, and you know, you go with the workers. But it was just, you know, a lot of shows um, start and then don't continue, and I think that was just one of those things. And you know, we're really lucky because Spicks and Specs has kicked on. But you know, given other circumstances, we may also have been cancelled after six episodes. Okay, well, well, back to your show then. Now, Adam Hills comes across as being very friendly and, and personable on the air. Is yeah. he like that in real life? Yeah, he really is. Oh, really? Yeah, too friendly, I would say. <laughs> all hands, but don't, that, you shouldn't let that out. Um, no, he's, he's a lovely man. With him and Miff are both exactly, the way you see them on air is exactly what they're like. Oh, wow. They're both delightful. They're lovely to work with. Um, and I, I really can't speak highly enough about them. What's your favourite movie that you have acted in? Oh, OK. Um, because just to refresh everyone's memory, you were in, I think it was... Um, Bad Eggs? Uh, right. Bad Eggs, um, Siam Sunset. That's the, right. The, the Nugget. The Crack. The Crack. Um, I'd have to say Bad Eggs, just because when Tony Martin rings you up and says, oh, look, Alan, I'm writing a part for you in my film, would you like to do it? You know, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed the film. I loved working on the film, and I think Tony's absolutely fantastic, and it was a fun character to do. And, um, yeah, I'd say that one. But they've all, they've all been good for different reasons. I mean, Simon Sun Set was the first big film that I'd done, and we, did it, we filmed it in Adelaide and Cooper Pedy, um, which was an extraordinary experience. Yeah, there was a fridge involved in that film as well. Yeah, there was. Oh. Yeah, I'm starting to see a bit of a theme here. <laughs> there was a killer fridge, though. Mine was much more benign, my fridge. 
But it had a transvestite in it. Well, that, and that's the thing. They um, they forgot. They they had the first shot of the boy opening the fridge. They decided not to tell him I was in there and get his genuine reaction. <laughs> and his genuine reaction was to scream like a banshee and run down, run out of the house into the street in his pajamas and run down the street. And they said, "Quick, Alan, you go after him. Explain what's happening." <laughs> No word of a lie. There's a kid who's about eight years old running down the street in his pyjamas being pursued by a transvestite. So it's, it's quite extraordinary that I still have a career given that went on. We'll have to wait for the lawsuits to come through. for oh, the. yeah, look, I, the poor boy was... I ended up sitting on the steps outside the house explaining what transvestite was. <laughs> and he grew up to be Hamish Blake. <laughs> Hamish is much more disturbed than that. You didn't hear that from me. Oh dear. Well, I suppose we're uh, bashing Hamish and Andy here, but uh, who is it in uh, comedy today that you actually find to be genuinely funny? I've got to say, I do find Hamish and Andy funny. So you're the one, are you? Yeah, I am the one. Um, look, it's a, it's a pity laugh, but don't <laughs> tell them. Um, who do I find funny um, in Australia? That's a good point. I'm just trying to think. I'll, Charlie Pickering's very funny. Oh, okay, yep. And a young guy called Andrew McClellan, um, who's been at the Fringe in Adelaide a few times. Okay. Um, I like Eddie Perfect. He's coming to the Cabaret Festival, I think. Okay. I'm doing Shane Bourne the Musical, to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> There's bound to be a few laughs in that. Did you say Shane Bourne the Musical? No, Shane Bourne. Oh, right. <laughs> Shane Bourne the Musical would be hilarious as well. <laughs> Shane, he, he, Shane Bourne makes me laugh. I find, but I've got to say, Tony Martin um, is great. I think Tony's absolutely fantastic. I agree with you. Yeah, and um, he, I'm a huge fan of his. And, of course, John Clark, you know, other New Zealanders. Well, that's right. There's a lot of New Zealanders who are involved in the upper echelons of comedy here in Australia. Do you think that's a coincidence, or people are funnier in New Zealand? Um, I think it might be one of those immigrant things where you just work really hard when you come across to a place, particularly because, you know, some Australians, and I'm, I'm uh, very careful to say some Australians have quite a interesting attitude towards New Zealanders. And um, I choose the word interesting very carefully. Um, and I think one of those things is you just, you, you do have a bit of a will to succeed okay. um, because you're an immigrant. I think it's the same way with Australians overseas themselves. You look at um, Jermaine Greer and Barry Humphreys and, and Clive James and people like that. I mean, mm. you know, world-renowned humorists and intellectuals. Mm. And it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that A, they're from Australia, and B, that they're, they have chosen to live in another country. All right, well, this next question is an audio question. Oh, OK. Do you remember this? I'm in love with the chemist shop girl, she's so clean and white. I'm in love with the chemist shop girl, sells me toothpaste and citra va-a-a. What's that from? Actually, I was going to ask you, can, can you tell us the song and artist? Well, the song is um, I'm in love with the chemist shop girl. The I'm in love is in brackets. <laughs> and, um, and, and the with the. Um, and um, the artist is Alan Bro. Oh, of course. Um, oh, it's you. What a coincidence. A young Alan Bro. <laughs> um, though I'm not sure where the recording's from. It might be from Recovery, but I'm not really sure. It, it is. It was from YouTube. <laughs> oh, OK. Oh, God, it's on YouTube. I bombed that day. The kids hated it. They wanted to hear she hard. <laughs> and, you know, some fat guy with a ukulele. He didn't any hard enough for those kids. Because, you know, just quietly, most of the people who watched that show were on pills. <laughs> you didn't hear that from me. Well, those, those kids were clearly too cool to appreciate something like that. They were, and maybe rightly so. <laughs>
It just seemed like such a, a mismanagement on the, the booking part that they would call in this very hip Saturday morning kids show. They would have a, a, a guy from New Zealand playing the ukulele singing about being in love with the chemist shop girl. Exactly. And can I say that after that, they did learn their lesson and uh, no one from New Zealand who played the ukulele was, has, was ever allowed on that show again. In fact, I think if she had, had played the ukulele, they would have been asked to have leave. <laughs> Is that song based on a real chemist shop girl? And if so, how is she these days? Well, it, it's um, the words were written by a friend of mine. Well, we wrote them together, but I, the first love of my life was a chemist shop girl. <laughs> she worked at her father's chemist shop. She did a lot of other things. But, um, so I always sort of secretly dedicated it to her. Oh, wow. I don't know whether she ever got to hear it, unfortunately. Oh, but, okay. um, but I do have experience... Um, amorous experience with chemist shop girls, but not in such a stalky way. <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, you, you were on recovery with that, but I, I think you were on, was it Hey Hey It's Saturday? And you kind of did the rounds on Australian TV with that, with that song yeah, for a little while. That's right, I wasn't uh, Hey Hey. And I also wanted to do some material about being searched at customs, but they told me I wasn't allowed to say the word testicles <laughs> because families don't have testicles. That's right. Um, and, and, and they didn't want me alerting families to the fact that there were such things as testicles. <laughs> Because everyone start, might start become completely focused on them because of my two-and-a-half-minute performance. You could have said family jewels instead. Oh, yes, of course. I hadn't even thought of that. But eventually the kids would have found out they had testicles, and the girls would have found out they didn't. <laughs> it would have been, you know, jealousy, testicle jealousy. And, um, and I think it's good that, um, that, that Hey Hey didn't want that to happen. Probably for the best. Oh, that's it. And I think that um, I'm not sure why they got taken off air but maybe it was because someone on the network discovered they had testicles. <laughs> uh, would you consider hosting your own Tonight Show at some point? Um, I don't think I'd be very good at it. Well, I was going to say, you could call it Brotown. Oh, yes, I could. Well, if it was called Brotown, um, and then I'd just, what I'd do is I'd go to towns, small towns throughout Australia, and I'd interview people of interest in the small towns in their town hall. I would watch that. Yeah, actually, that would that that I'd like to do. That would be fun. But you know, your, your David Letterman, Jay Leno style thing. I just I don't think I'd be very good at that. But yeah, going around towns and just you know meeting a person of interest, the late the local astrologer, or <laughs> a small town soul prostitute. <laughs> oh, you've got something in common. You could talk about your fridge experience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I and sometimes I'd do the show as a lady. Um, in every town, I'd, I'd find someone who had something to do with fridges and speak to them at length. But that sort of thing, bro town would be good, yeah, going around and just meeting people. I was going to say that uh, in New Zealand, is, is it the most common catchphrase to refer to people is, is bro, and your surname is bro. Has that ever led any, to any misunderstandings, like, hey, Alan Bro, bro, or anything like that? Um, it's interesting you should say that because I did have a genuinely humorous misunderstanding with my name. When I started university, I loved playing basketball, and I started playing a un basketball for a university team and all it was basically me and mostly maori and pacific island guys and they all called me bro and the first day we had to write our full names on the score sheet one of them said what's your last name i said bro and he went are you taking the piss man <laughs> and i said no no it's genuinely bro b-r-o-u-g-h and that i think he he almost busted a valve he thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever heard and um, so, and but they they just thought that was great, and they'd just go to people and go, "Hey, this bloke's last name is Bro. No, True Man." And uh, so it was great. But apart from that, no, not really. All right, and we've just got uh, what one last question, just to wrap okay. things up here. Oh well, I, I it's not a great ending question, but I'll ask you anyway. <laughs> I asked earlier, uh, what's what's your favourite film that you you've acted in? Uh, alternatively, what's your favourite film that you haven't acted in? 
Um, my favourite film I haven't acted in. Um, it's a much more difficult question because there are a lot more films I haven't acted in. Yeah, quite several hundreds of thousands. Yes, at, at a conservative estimate. Um, Pie <laughs> by Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> That's my favourite film. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I've seen it a number of times and I just really, really like it. And um, I would have loved to have been in it, but, but that is my favourite film I've not been in. When was it made? Oh, I can't really tell. I reckon it was made about six or seven years ago. All right, so it's fairly recent. Yeah, yeah, he's, um, but it's a great film. I recommend that you view it at some point. And, and sorry, I forgot to add this before. There's one last question. We ask this to everyone who is on the show. Oh, good. Alan Bro, if you could sleep with any member of federal parliament, who would it be? I'd have a threesome with, Ju- um, with Kevin Rudd and Julia Gillard. <laughs> because That's a power so struggle. Right now. <laughs> I don't know whether they're going to be this hot right through to the election, but I reckon they're pretty excited about being this hot, and I reckon they would go off, particularly Rudd. <laughs> would you dress as a transvestite? <laughs> No, no. Well, if they wanted me to, I mean, you know, they're uh, they're high-powered politicians, um, and if they said, "Look, can you dress as a lady?" I'd go, "Well, that's fine," you know, as long as I get a route. <laughs> and um, but yeah, and look, as long as as um, their security officers didn't interrupt us, I reckon we'd have a great time. <laughs> and I'm quite a dab hand in the kitchen, so afterwards I'd whip up something nice, and um, they could go home, and we'd never speak of it again. <laughs> What a note on which to end an interview. That's it. That's it. <laughs> thank you for having me on. It was really enjoyable. Oh, well, we, we're glad you... And, and thank you so much. David sent you an email about seven months ago, so it was nice <laughs> yeah, to do I, 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 I take a while to get round to things, but I'm really glad that I did. So, um, yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm going to be in uh, Adelaide for the Cabaret Festival for about oh, two weeks, so okay. I'll make sure I listen to the show. If you're around Radio Adelaide at you know, North Terrace at uh, midnight on a, on, a, on a Wednesday night, feel free to drop in. Okay, no, I will, because, you know... That, that isn't the least likely thing ever in the world. Because <laughs> I, I do tend to roam the streets of Adelaide late at night, trying to, I don't know, trying to, crawling for judges. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, look, thanks, guys. It was a real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Alan. And um, best of luck with everything. Power struggle indeed. I don't know what I was... That's interesting, isn't it? Now, you must remember that... Um, this was 2007, and YouTube was only two years old, so it didn't have the range of uh, stuff on it that it does now. But I did have a quick look, and I was able to find that butter ad. Chicken or marmite, yum. What else? A bit of butter. Excellent. Hello. There's only in the fridge. It's a lot better with a little butter. It doesn't really translate to audio very well. You don't get to see him dressed as a transvestite. So I do recommend you just have a quick look at that. Um, unfortunately, though, I couldn't find the barcode ad for Sky City, which is more recent. You'd think that'd, that'd be on, up there, but no, a shame. Maybe someday it'll be up there. It's pretty good. Also, listening back to that, I realized that we were kind of dicks to Hamish and Andy, so I do apologize about that. They're, uh, they're good guys. Uh, also, something else that I'd completely forgotten about and don't really remember at all is uh, a, the game show You May Be Right, uh, w- which I mentioned there. I just did a quick uh, bit of research on it. It was a Channel 7 game show on Channel 7, which you would expect, and it ran for about a month in August, September 2006. And it was hosted by Todd McKenney, and I have no memory of it at all. Interesting, though, to point out, 
just have a quick read of the Wikipedia page here. There's a section called Production Problems. And just, you know, as a guy who's hosted a game show myself, I, since then I, um, I find this interesting. To quote Wikipedia, seven bosses, I don't know if that's Channel 7 bosses or the show had seven bosses. Seven bosses ordered a major overhaul, including new sets and lighting, after the first show was plagued by embarrassing production problems. It took over four hours to tape the first one-hour show due to various technical problems, faulty buzzers, overrunning segments, and host Todd McKenney's repeated flubbing of his teleprompted lines. So there you go. Happens to the best of them. It's interesting that uh, since Spicks and Specs went off the air, the ABC really hasn't come close to claiming the sort of like dominance that it had on Wednesday night for their, their comedy lineup. But they are apparently bringing Spicks and Specs back. I don't know if it's going to happen this year or next year, but um, apparently Alan Bro. Miff Warhurst and Adam Hills are not going to be involved, so they're going to have a whole new cast. So I wonder who that will be. They might even offer it to a relative newcomer, who knows. But enough about game shows. Season 2 of 31 Questions, on the other hand, is uh, debuting on Channel 31 Melbourne and Geelong on the 27th of July, 8.30pm. And the other community TV stations around Australia and New Zealand very soon after that, as well as YouTube. So keep a lookout for it. Also, I have a brand new episode of my other podcast, The Good Show, with Anthony McCormack in the works. It should be online very soon. But until next time, I'm David M. Green, and you can be too.